a whopping 29 goals scored over the weekend. While the Sailors got their new life without Kim Doohun up and running, their closest challengers Alborex have to do the chasing all over again. Plenty to get through as we discuss what went down in game week 20 and look ahead to another huge weekend in the Singapore Premier League. This is the SPL Podcast. Hi everyone, this is Raushan. And this is Farah. Well, hello, hello everyone. Raushan, you know what? I just want to say this first. I felt like it was just yesterday when we did our mid-season review. And like come this weekend, we will be in game week 21, which means the following week, we will be in our final round of fixtures. Is that not crazy how fast this season has absolutely flown by? Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. But they say time flies when you're having fun. And I've had absolute fun covering the Singapore Premier League all season long. I'm quite sad that it's coming to an end quite soon. But hey, there's plenty of things still chase to chase for, right? So let's look forward to it. And to look forward to things, we have Kairul Ashraf. Kairul, welcome to the show again. How are you? I'm good. Uh was down with COVID for some time. The whole family was down. But now we're up and running and uh, excited to be on this show. Good to hear, Kairul, that you're feeling much better. Now, Kairul, there's only one place to start, and that's the breaking news from Balestier Kalsa. Akbar Nawa set to leave. We didn't see this coming, did you? Mm, of course, uh, it comes as a surprise for everybody because uh, uh, Balestier is starting a new project and Akbar also was uh, very involved in the new phase of uh, Balestier. So this news, uh, when it came to me, uh, of course, definitely, it's a, it's, it's, it's a surprising thing at this point, yeah. You say surprise, and I think we are all also very surprised. But you, you talk about this project, right, that we, we've all known and we've all spoken about since the start of the season, this whole project between, um, this long-term project between Balestia and Akbar. But why does it feel now that there's this impatience with this? I think I think it's uh, you know the reality of of every work is uh, you know we want things done fast we want things to 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 happen fast and uh, I mean in all reality uh, there were glitches along this process this this year you know they started uh, quite well the team was playing good football results was none coming not all the time but in the initial part you know they were actually top top part. I mean, in the first part of the, the season, they were actually in the top half of the league, right? So I felt that there was something going on there. So I guess when they reach a crisis point at that point in time, they they asked, they took a bit longer to consolidate. Yeah, but having said that, I think Alba leaving, uh, yeah, of course, uh, there's a project here to be done. But I think Alba leaving is um, not just about the project or or the perceived failure. I mean, at the end of the day, the season is even not yet over that over yet, right? But it's the fact that uh, uh, he got an offer, right, a better offer in uh, Thailand, uh, an opportunity to be doing something uh, uh, from a technical point of view, a bigger involvement with a technical point of view. So I guess uh, it's more of. Uh, you know, he's being headhunted for a position. He got a better position. So I think this is why he decided. I mean, it wasn't an easy decision. I mean, we spoke. and then, uh, so, But it's a decision that he felt was uh, something that he needed at this point in time. Yeah. And then on from Ballester's point of view, I feel that uh, it, it was a correct decision to employ Akbar. It was a correct decision to start with Akbar at the start of a new project. But this project is not defined by Akbar alone. Right? Because the idea of playing uh, this kind of football, playing uh, uh, having a new image uh, of, of things, having more more young players, is not is not down to Agba's direction alone. Right, it was a decision made by the club to move this way, and then uh, Agba was a perfect fit to 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 be employed. So I guess I I have to give my hats off to Darwin over at Balestier because he has uh, initiated this project. He created uh, a good... I mean, he started with a good employment in Akbar. And also, 
a lot of credit to him also the fact that at a critical juncture of his project uh, when a, a bigger entity comes in for his coach he i mean there are of course certain things that uh, certain things certain arrangements within the clubs but uh, at least unbiased been released right so i feel that you know i mean you 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 could uh put it to Agba and say you have to finish off your two-year contract, right? But at the same time, there's a national course over there where our best coaches must go out, our best coaches must experience a higher level of football, and then it also opens doors for our coaches again, our players again, outside. So, I guess on that side, Darwin is really seeing the bigger picture. So, I, I take my hats off because I think it's a very difficult decision for him, but he has been a gentleman all the way in regards to this so i guess you know it's not perceived badly this whole this whole situation if i'm believing uh, but it's something that could help us uh, in many ways after this yeah Yeah, certainly, Karul. That national cause you speak of, we wish Akbar the very best in his next project, whatever he has lined up. Speaking of next project, Belstia Kalsa, in that hunt, that three-year hunt to revamp things, where are they now? What what next for Belstia? Yeah, so Belestia, I think, you know, uh, I think a good uh, 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 picture of a good club is they are always uh, ready. They are always having options. They're always, uh, they know about what alternatives to do and what direction to do. And they're always planning for ABC. So at this point, we have always been talking about, uh, you know, so for, at, 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 I mean, at the point when Alba was being employed, Right, there were a lot of options that was uh, explored locally and also re- re- uh, overseas for foreign coaches. And uh, uh, Belestia decided to go with Akbar because uh, we thought that he was he was uh, the best fit at the time. Right, but there were also options along the way. Right, so but now when this happened, right, uh, you know the Plan Bs and the Plan C was always there. Right, so they know they know that. Um, They know that there, there is a possibility that uh, there can be changes in future or appointment within the, their ranks or within a technical director position, which they also haven't uh, haven't uh, replaced after Nasaruddin Jalil left, right? So uh, we have always been in touch with Peter Deru, the ex-technical director of Malaysia. He was also involved with uh, Australia uh, Sports School. Uh, he was involved with the state over there. He was a celebrated player in Holland, the Eredivisie. He played second division. He was also a coach at Kambur, uh, uh, the club Kambur in, in in Holland. Uh, also technical director from a youth coach all the way to under 23 coach, technical director there. Then when he left Australia, so basically this is a guy with a lot of experience. Um, enjoys attacking football. I think one of the reasons why he was always in the frame because uh, uh, you know, always or always in conversation because he has a similar philosophy. He likes attacking football, possession football, right? And uh, he's an educator. He understands how to build teams, technical teams, then the teams. So, uh, so this was. Uh, Not a natural thing, but when we spoke to him, uh, I spoke to him and I said, uh, Peter, there's an opportunity here. Uh, then he said, yes, uh, he he's looking looking to to help to help, but of course at the same time he thinks he can he can value at Ballester in in other sense as well uh, together to build up the direction that they want, right? So I think uh, it's also a very good uh, employment by. By uh, Darwin, right? So, yeah, by no means both him, both are my clients, yeah, Abba and Peter. But at the same time, I feel that you know he 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 could the uh, Darwin could just you know look into the 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 appointment to any other local guys who are unemployed at the moment. But he take a took takes a uh, took a thought about it, and he said, no, if No, we need to do something. We need to create the same. I mean, not to build on or to maintain the philosophy that we already have. We need someone who is really proper. So, uh, while I can say it was a straightforward uh, negotiation, but it it of course there were certain things that came in the way, right? To for us to iron out, and of course 
you may know. I mean, for me right now, since Kim Kim uh, Kim has left, I think right now he's the biggest. He will be the biggest profile in the league, right? So I think Belister has done really well to pursue uh, Peter. So in that sense, uh, I think it's going to be a positive uh, that uh, start after this. Uh, uh, not say a renewal, but it's just a continuation, and we hope for for Ballester to continue and uh, recover and get back to their early season form, and perhaps do 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 some some surprises in the Singapore Cup. Yeah, certainly that will be an exciting appoint- appointment to look out for. Cairo, thank you so much for weighing in on the second managerial casualty of the 2022 Singapore <laughs> Premier League season. All right, guys, plenty of football to discuss. So let's begin with the quick recap of the weekend. Now, of course, that Friday night clash between Balestia and Haugang, where Balestia completely thumbed Haugang United six goals to one. Then the double Saturday clash, beginning with that seven goal thriller between Tampanese Rovers and Tanjung Paga, where the stacks came out tops. In the end, four three winners. Then Lions City Sailors completely outclassing Young Lions there, to no surprise. 10-1 to them and the Sunday clash finally between Alborex Negata and Geelang International. That ended 2-0. So guys, we do have to get into our our little review segment. Rasha, do you want to kick us off here? Yeah, but I think there's only one place to start the review and that's the historic, shall I say, 10-1 victory for the Lion City Sailors over the Young Lions. Before we hear Kairo's thoughts, let's check in with this fan who submitted his rant, Marcus Lam. Here's what he had to say. For this week, fan rant is going to be about the Sailors' amazing 10-1 win against the not-informed Young Lion. This result gave Coach Luca an amazing start at the helm of the Sailors. But some people may not agree with me as the Young Lions was very bad so the Sailors can trash them very easily. Firstly, the part that I like about was the link play with with the sailors was between Maxine Lestian, Kim Shin Wook and Gabriel Quack. I like it is because we seen a new chemistry unleashed between Gabriel Quack and Maxine Lestian. The link play was very good and we saw the best of Kim Shin Wook ever in for the last 20 game weeks and Song gave an unselfish play and let Kim Shin Wook take the shot. Secondly, the part that I liked was about the Sailors was that there was no, no huge changes made in the Kim Dong Hoon era. We always can see three to four changes made. This is not very necessary as it shows you that Coach Kim cannot even get his best starting eleven, so he has to always make changes to it, which can disrupt the players' momentum and how the team is going towards that. The third thing that I like about it is their intensity. The intensity is much faster which is very good is because they can drain out the opponent's stamina and lose up the defence which can lead them to score. If they can play like this in the Asian Champion League, they, will, they can give a, even a fantastic result than the one that they had this year at Buriram. This is because they can shock the opponents even tougher than them like Daegu, Jombuk, Usan, or Kawasaki, Yokohama, and some more. Now, thank you, Marcus, for your submission. Kairul coming to you with all the drama surrounding them and Kim Do-hoon's departure. They certainly put on quite a show and quite an emphatic show, I must say. Yeah, it was... Uh, I, I think... Um... I think the leadership over there was down to no Rahman. So after the after the the unlike uh, the, the the situation where the head coach Kim was had was was relieved of his duties, uh, I think they. I mean, it was midweek, yeah. So there wasn't much time for for reaction or even for for the interim coach to come in because he started the interim coach started real work on Monday the, this week. Right, so it was down to Noraman. I think it needed a little bit. I, I mean, at the end of the day, I think these guys are professionals, right? They have gone through a lot of managerial changes as well. But I think Noraman rallied the team, right? They and 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 uh, to prevent to I mean to push away from distractions. I mean, there was also changes. Shadan was in there, Haris was in there, 
even before the even before with the last game, right? So it was some changes. Some players were mot- motivated, like people like uh, Adam Swandi, who has been retained in midfield, right? So all these players are also now fighting for their positions, and of course, I think uh, the players uh, with a coach like Noraman and also an interim coach, they know that now like a, a, a pressure has been lifted off for them. I think they are playing a bit more. Uh, attacking a bit more relaxed, and I think, I think uh, it's a point where they say it's nothing to lose. Over on the other side, Albirex has been stuttering a little bit also, right? So I think for them is you know you go out, we are, we have a little bit of a points lead over our next comp- uh, contenders. Just go out and enjoy the game, especially you're playing with young lions and show when you're being played, show what you can you can do, right? So at that point, I felt that's it. Uh, I think. No, unluckily, young lions is on the other side of the game, right? Yeah, but uh, I think they were quite devastating in attack the other day. I think I think somehow I I felt that the players were playing with a lot more freedom. Right? Uh, uh, we we could see that, and I, I think it was a good performance. But I think that there is more, really, really more to come from them offensively. Right? I know for a fact Luca is an offensive coach. Uh, high pressing coach. Uh, he has been working with you all the time. So this is his first foray in heading a, a first team. So there's more there also, right? But uh, with all respect to Luca, I think again uh, he's a academy director and he should come back to do to helping to build the academy as soon as possible. But uh, Lion City needs to have a. A coach, uh, maybe not in the same mold of Kim, right? Maybe someone who is more offensive, someone who I feel, I think, who speaks English, who can connect to the players, who can have a feel of the players, listen and understand what the players talks about all the time, right? So I think going forward, uh, that's where they should be. I mean, at where they are now, I don't see the rush to employ even if it comes to a point where they need to do it at the cup or even at the end of the season. Uh, because I, for me, I've always had the opinion that LCS is the best team, should win by 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 runaway points uh, and even win the cup as well. So I think even with uh, an interim coach, uh, yeah, we'll be able to do it as well. So the, right now, the hunt for the next perfect coach is the most important thing. Yeah, so yeah, that's my 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 opinion on uh, on the Young Lions and the Lion City game last week. Yeah. Now, mm. Kairul, we'll we'll ask you about Kim Doohun's uh, replacement later on in the show. But I just want to come back to that ten-one victory, right? I was on commentary, and at some point, I ran out of things to say just because the Lion City sailors were all over the Young Lions. <laughs> One thing I did pick out on is uh, Gabriel Quack on the next day on Instagram, quite cryptically put out. I feel like a little kid in a huge toy shop. So. Is that something to be said about Kim Doohun's management? Because clearly the handbrakes were off when they played the Young Lions. So do you think the players are almost relieved that Kim Doohun has been relieved of his duties? Mm. <clears throat> you know, I, I, it, not, not just about Kim. Yeah? I've, I've always had nothing against Korean or nothing against Japanese coaches. right? Uh, I have friends, coaches who have who are Japanese, who were brought up in America, and, and it's a different culture. But for those Japanese and Koreans who are brought up in their culture, they are successful in their culture, and then they go out to coach, I, I, I see more uh, unsuccessful coaches rather than uh, successful coaches. right? Even similarly, when we were in the national team before, when we had youth coaches like Takuma, and we had... Uh, 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 there was this guy uh, who was who took our under 16s before also for the AFC Cup. Uh, also, he wasn't successful. And then we had people in the region also who weren't successful. So I think one thing about them is uh, what we need to understand is these guys are rigid. Right? These guys are very, we have worked mostly in their cultures and it's totally different conditions. To duplicate it is somewhere else. I think the adaptability is key. So as a culture, when you are not adaptable, no matter how good you are in your culture, to come here is going to be a problem, right? And and I think the rigidity. I mean, at the end of the day, they like structure, they like rigidity, they they like this kind of sequence, this kind of system, and so you know, our local players are not brought up like that, 
you know our local players have like a bit of a bit of uh, flexibility looseness uh, get into their heads to be more positive right uh, so of course of course it doesn't match you know at the end of the day i'm i'm of the thought that you know uh, the best methods must work for the 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 the, the people that they, they are supposed to do no matter how best how good they are when it's become, when it becomes successful then it becomes the best right i mean you're looking at eric ten hag now right <laughs> yeah he's so fantastic in ajax so successful but it hasn't gone i mean of course maybe it hasn't gone to be successful or it will be successful in future but at this point it hasn't right so i feel i feel this is how it is right there's a way to change and there's a point to change but if you if you are not being successful working with this group and i i think it's not getting the best out of things so i feel that maybe these players have been stifled a little bit in how they do things right i'm also of the opinion that with this team actually games should be 670 most of the time and uh, maybe the fringe players could get more time from that yeah but because the games have been very tight the fringe players are also have been unhappy and then you keep playing the same 11 players to start all the time So I think that's that's boils down to they eat that uh, all these things boils down to all these unhappiness unhappiness in the team possibly. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned unhappiness, Carol, because the next thing we want to talk about is Alvarez's form. I mean, we know they have been uh, haven't been unbeaten in six games, but they've drawn the two of their last three games, the two games that actually we expected them to come away with wins and the games that we expected them to win and to actually go above the Lion City Sailors at this point of time. But yet, now they are still three points behind the Lion City Sailors. Is it any concern, Cairo? Yeah, I, I think so. I think the last time I was here, I spoke I spoke about uh, the mental mental side of things in the race, right? And uh, we, we, I spoke about Kim's uh, mental mental side uh, that will uh, will will uh, rub off to the players, and I also speak to spoke about Kazu's side, right? And when I when I I and I said the next ten games will be crucial, and true enough, no, it's uh, the next three games after that or the next two games after that, Albrecht didn't get maximum points, and the most surprising thing was How Gang and Gelang, right? And of course, Gelang even with a red card. Right. Uh, so, I, I I felt that I feel that this could be a, I mean, it could be a turning point because with all the problems, sort of problems that Lion City has, they have actually gone out better out of out of the sec out of the whole drama, the second and everything. But but Albirex uh, hasn't, and you you don't see anything that has would have caused this, right? Yeah, and and the only bright spot I feel for for Albirex is actually Tadavari Lee. I've been impressed every time he comes in he does something you know he's smart enough to to affect their front front uh, front line front attacking force to work differently when it's actually uh, deadlocked uh, at, at those draw points so I I'm a little bit worried for Albirex because I think they need an injection they need the, the and, and and I think only Kazu could do that uh, Kazu should be woke must be whipping them uh, like crazy every time now uh, because i think they have lost a, a, a very a realistic uh, lead to me i i felt that like i mentioned that time there was a momentum where life city was top but they were losing a momentum and uh, albinex was second but they were gaining momentum but then they lost they're, they're losing momentum so they're not going to be getting in the front front seat now so it's going to be interesting how the second round pans out We know also at the end uh, the game between uh, Albirex and and uh, Lion City will always be a decider. But besides that, how they manage the games, uh, I think it will be very crucial. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I just want to say on this Albirex team, I have had my questions over them all season long. But going forward, they are excellent. Kudai Tanaka, Ilhan Fandi has come into the mix. They got Masahiro Sujita. They got Idetsu. And going forward, they are an absolute joy to watch. But defensively, they are still frail. And I think that's going to cost them in this run-in, right? How many yeah. times is Koga going to rush off his line and get caught off? That's a question that needs answering because 
it's dodgy now how many times it's happening. So I think yeah, Albrecht's yeah, defense will be the Achilles heel going into this final, what, 10 games, 9 games of the season. Yeah, it is definitely, you know, and at one point also, now I, I have to also put this out, yeah. We put rave reviews on to um, uh, the right back, uh, who's the assist king, one of the, the, the what's his name? Ah, yes, so, yeah. But at the same time, he's so poor defensively. Right, so this guy is—I don't know—he has jersey number eight on his, uh, on his—I uh, mean, on his back. Right, I don't see him as a right back at all. I feel that he is actually naturally a centre mid. I'm not sure. I know I don't have no—I have no background on this player, right? But I think naturally he's a centre mid being converted to a right back to accommodate the fact that he has a good uh, delivery and dead ball, right? So I feel that you know. Uh, when Kiki was playing there against them, Krajicek, when he was there against him, it was so easy for him to get behind, you know. And I feel that, uh, and he, he doesn't offer much offensively. Also, he does. He's not an overlapping player. He doesn't take on players. He gets into a deep position. He gets uh, a early positions and he crosses in right for Kodai on the far side. So I feel that um, while you know, you I have to give it to him. His free kick is fantastic. He he gives these good diagonal balls and uh, balls to the to to fit into the attackers. Good assist points, but I think defensive he's poor and he's actually one of the Achilles heels. So as much as uh, going forward, Albirex is dangerous because of his balls. They are very poor defensively because of him, right? So I I I I I would think that. They have to sort this out, right? I have to sort this out. I mean, I don't see the two centre mids in Albirex as fantastic players. Not, I mean, decent players, not even as good as Tezuka, right? But if he doesn't get into a position, he into the position of the centre midfielders as his main position, then I need. I think something is not so right over there. The quality they have to they have to really look about the quality of the of the of the personnel. Yeah. So I hope. I, I mean, I want a closer, closer race, you know, uh, personally, right? But logically, I think yeah, Luca is going to run away with this. Yeah. I feel me and you both, Cairo, I also want a very close race in this title race. And so far, it's still fine. Only three points. Still pretty close. But that would mean Albrex will need to win this weekend. So let's get into our preview because Albrex and Tampines Rovers will kick off game week 21 at the Jurong East Stadium in this Friday night clash with kickoff at 7.45pm. Just slight team news. Albrex, both defenders Shogo Toyomura and midfielder Hilman Norhisham have been ruled out due to injury. Tampines continue to be without uh, Mark Ryan Tan while Erwan Shah is suspended. So... Kyrol, I'll come to you first. This is not just a big one for Elbrex. We've spoken all we wanted to about Elbrex, but this is going to be a pretty big one for Tampines as well because if they avoid defeat here, they move ahead of Tanjung Paga United. And with their recent form, they should go into this one feeling pretty confident, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Especially the nature of the win last game. It showed a lot of, a lot of fight in Tampines. Yeah? It's, uh, you know, you go off from games like that, Knowing and thinking that, you know, hey, we are able to push the levels that we can push. We can chase games, we can, we can, uh, we can, uh, we can, you know, go down the, the wrestling ring and grit a little bit. You know? So I, I think, uh, Tampanese and Albirex, you know, I, I've always thought of, uh, you know, they are, because both are very ball possession based teams, right? I've always thought that the games between Albirex and Tampanese have been very interesting. Or since since the last few years, yeah, and especially at this point, uh, the mental aspect of things uh, from Albirex's point of view, I think they, sh- I think they are under a bit of pressure, right? I think they want to do well, uh, but I I think Tampines is more they they're more they have that this little bit of pressure, but the game before and the approach that they have will will give them the edge edge over this. So I I I, I, I don't mind if it's. Uh, an away game for Tampines, but I think they are going to get something out of this game. Yeah, definitely. All right, before we move on, though, I do want to ask, um, this game is going to be very interesting in more ways than one, especially with that golden boot race of Boris and Tanaka. Mm. Raushan, how interesting do you see this one? I mean, this one's going to be, be, be a big one for the both of them, no? 
Yeah, it's huge. I think there's only one goal difference between Tanaka and Boris at the moment. Tanaka's done absolutely brilliantly to uh, catch up to Boris who had mm-hmm. a flyer of a season and Tanaka rightfully player of the month for the month gone by, right? And that's what I think makes this tie so fascinating. Two defend- defensive lines who can't really defend. Albrex mm-hmm. have missing defenders and two informed strikers. So I expect goals galore in this one and I suspect at some point, I'll be putting my captain's pick on one of those players, just giving you an early heads up on that. But yeah, it's going to be fascinating. I think it's a great way to kick off match day 21 in the Singapore Premier League. And I suspect this to finish three-all between both the teams, purely because I think Albrechts are very frail at the back. Confidence has taken a hit and Tempris will come into this with added motivation of uh, usurping Tanyo Paga in third. At some point, Tanyo Paga were flying away with it. Now, Tanyo Paga are very much in Tempris' sights and I don't think Tempris will let them go further away from here. So I think Tampanese will be motivated for this one. Uh, but Elbrecht have the firepower going forward and I think it's going to be fascinating. I suspect three all between both these teams. Alright, Carol, what will your prediction be? Since you already chose three all, I'll just choose two all. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no, sorry. Three two. I'll take, I'll take Tampanese. Tampanese to edge Three two. Alright, okay. See, I, I, I take everyone's point here and definitely both sides have what they need, the, the driving factor here this weekend to want to get all three points here. But I feel at the end of the day, I don't see Alvarez drawing yet another game. That would mean drawing three games in four. And I don't see how Kazu will let that happen. Uh, I just cannot see that happening. I feel Tampanese will definitely be out there. There will be goals, like Roshan said. There will be goals. But yeah, I'm going to go 3-2 as well, but in the way of Alvarez. Okay. All right. Okay, let's move Okay, let's move on to the next one. Lion City Sailors up against Tanjung Paga United. Kickoff 5.30pm at Jalan Besar Stadium. I think that's a featured match of the week. Some team news there. Sailors will be without defender Noor Adam, who picked up his seventh yellow last weekend. For Tanjung Paga United, bear with me because they do have a host of issues here. Goalkeeper Zafar Rohaizat is seemingly a doubt this weekend with an abductor issue. Head coach Hashim Jailani will not be on the touchline after he picked up his second yellow of the season. Ryan Shafiq Shakir Hamza still ruled out with injuries, while Akram Azman will still be serving his second of his two-match ban, with Blake also suspended for the Jaguars. Just a little bit of boost here. Akari Abdullah is back and available for selection. Now, before we get into Tanjung Paga here, we do want to ask Kairum, in, in terms of the Lion City Sailors, any insights into the replacement of Kim Doohoon? Yeah, so uh, the, team, the team has been put their paces this week and uh, apparently there are some changes to how, how uh, the team is setting up. Right? I think uh, the, actually the players, uh, the, the players feel that uh, the gameplay uh, of how things want to set up is uh, will be high intense football, uh, higher level of press, and uh, I think more more attacking. The shackles are off right now, right? And I personally feel that this should be the direction of the club uh, because of the nature of the 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 array of attacking talents that they have. At, at the club, it should be the, the way. You know, they can even uh, they can even uh, uh, play one less at the back to to accommodate this. I feel you know you can even have three at the back when you have more players forward, so to make things more exciting and and in a defend, in a very offensive system. But I I don't know technically how they're gonna set up uh, exactly. But uh, what from what I heard is uh, it's gonna be a different different. Uh, a different look to a Kim's a typical team Kim Duhon team that we have seen in the last six months, right? So uh, I'm very excited. Uh, even like the last time they were out, it was six one six one, right? Yeah, six one. Yeah, six one. Yeah. So I guess this time round, uh, Tanjung Paga without Blake, without uh, without some of the key players, uh, Zafan, for example, I think it's going to be a tall order for Tanjung Paga to, to get away something from this game. So I'm looking at goals in this game. I'm looking at something at least 5-1, 5-0, something like that. Right? Uh, everybody will be keen to, to impress in Lion City. 
right? Um, it seems to me like in Tanjung Pagar right now they are hitting a, they have hit a ceiling, they are they hit a plateau, and then now they're going on a little drop, which we expected also actually from this team, right? So now it's a matter of how much drop they will go down and how will they manage going forward after this in the last round. So, uh, yeah, this I I think five five zero five zero. Let's put it five zero. Yeah, I, I'm not surprised about Cairo's prediction at all because I think LCS, yeah, it wasn't Lucas' team that trashed Young Lions 10-1, but it was the perfect start to Lucas' tenure, right? Because you go into training on a Monday, everyone's feeling good after mm-hmm. such a positive result that you just pick up the pieces. Exciting to know that they might be changing their shape a bit. Lion City Sailors, I completely agree with Cairo that they can go three at the back. And Amirul Ali has come in in the past two games and done very well. So possibly we could see Amirul Haris and Pedrao at the back and then some attacking fullbacks. Uh, I think Adam Swandi came in excellently for Shadan Sulaiman as well. So there is quality there for the Lion City Sailors. And when a new coach comes into play, you want to see his own style, his own identity. Of course, it could all blow up if they do suffer a shock loss to Tanjung Paga. But I highly doubt so. We saw Tanjung Paga the last time they played the Lion City Sailors. They decided to rest all their foreigners. And then they went on to lose 6-1. It's a good thing that Blake is missing for this one because he might not have even played in the end. It breaks my heart that the Tanjung Paga bubble has burst. Now, I, I am officially going to say it. The bubble has burst. But where they go from here, having held on for that third place for so long, is going to be interesting to see because, yes, we talk all along about the spirit getting them through, but final 9-10 games of the season, you need a bit more than spirit. You need a bit of quality. And when you see some of the goals they conceded against Tempanese, no, man, that's Haugang level of defending and I don't expect that from Tanyo Paga. So, without their goalkeeper, Zafan, Hazrin missing from the touchline is going to be a long, long evening for uh, Tanyo Paga against the Lion City Sailors. And I expect the Sailors to pick up exactly where they left off against the Young Lions and go out and smash Tanyo Paga quite easily in this one. I would Number- go for a 6-1 again. I do think... I do think the players for the Sailors are purring at the moment. They they are totally relieved of the handbrakes. They want to score goals. They know they can score goals having scored 10 last time out. And they are quickly reversing that goal difference against Albrex as well. So I suspect they'll be in the mood for this one, especially at Jalan Besar. You can't win 10-1 the last time around, have all your fans cheer for you and then do anything less this time, right? So I suspect the Sailors will win this at a canter. All right. I mean, Raushan, I'm, I'm with you on on the bubble bursting for Tanjung Paga and that it makes you sad and it makes me so sad as well because the past three, I mean, the past couple of games, it has been so disappointing and, and really saddening to see them like that because we had so much to say about them. And in terms of the bubble bursting, we, like Kyra was saying, it was really just a matter of when and it, it is now towards the end of the season, which is not the most ideal, especially when we thought that when we we firmly believe that they would actually be fine in in the terms of um getting the AFC spot, but now it's it's looking very dodgy for them, and I'm very sad for them. But and and I'm gonna be even more sad this weekend because they're taking on the Lion City Sailors, and it's not gonna be good for them. I don't see how the Sailors won't completely obliterate them in this one as well. They haven't been. They haven't been there defensively the past couple of games, and it's just gonna continue. So. I'm going to go 4-1, Lion City Sailors. All right, let's move on, shall we? The next the next game here is Haugang against the Young Lions. That's kicking off at 5.30pm at the Haugang Stadium. A little bit of team news for Haugang. Zulfami Arifin and Andre Moritz remain on the sidelines with Nazru Nazari and Pedro Bortoluzo also ruled out due to suspension. For the Young Lions, Captain Jacob Mahler remains a long-term absentee but will more than welcome midfielder Shah Shahiran back from suspension. Now, guys, mental state-wise, no question that things must be pretty down and out in the Young Lions camp. And if you were Coach Nazri, what would you say to this bunch of young boys coming into this one against Haugang Cairo? I mean, if I was Coach Nazri at this point, to be honest, it's uh, it doesn't look anything. You know, at the end of the day, if you the reality is you can't be... Uh, chasing even your next uh, next uh, team in the in the table, there's not much to motivate them, right? And if you 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 do you do a uh, you know any given Sunday uh, famous speech to them also, you no, know, it, it 
it, you know, it's just going to be fluff. You know, the players will will find you will just say that no, you know, this is all totally bullshit. So at the end of the day, you know, to be honest with you, you know, it's it's really it's really at this stage. I I just say I just say let's end this season. Do your best. Try to get to get a, to get a club after this. These are the kind of things that you need to do for yourself more than the team model for young lions, right? And then uh, when we if we do play in the cup, now that that's that let's let's try to build on that, right? That's the one that we consolidate here. Yeah. So again, I I think especially uh, against Haugang, against uh, uh, against sort of players opponents with really bigger qualities. I think there's not much to motivate. There's not much for that for for Nazri to do, right? Uh, I think it's just for him to to show that he's with these boys. That we he's he will suffer together with these boys. I'm with you. I'm at the touch line. I share the the the, the responsibilities and the whatever blame that is being put on if we lose, right? Because the reality is. We are not going to be good enough, but the only thing that we can show and can control is how much effort we put in, right? So this this is this is the reality for me. I feel for Nazri, yeah, and 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 it's a sad reality for our football that that a club of our youth best youth players are in this position. So, um, Roshan, do you want to pick up? Yeah, hundred percent. I'm I'm in agreement with Kairul completely. I think it's a sad state of affairs that our young boys are getting hammered week in week out. Now it's not just in the SPL. This developmental side is getting hammered, right? It's across regional competition as well. We see the underage team suffering, so it doesn't bode well, does it, for this pipeline of footballers? And we go back to that question: What is even the point of the young lions? But again, that's probably a discussion for the season review. In this weekend's clash against Haugang. If I were coach Nasri Nase, I would be saying, "Yeah, just play for yourself. Hopefully, a club can can pick you out. Nishigaya might be in the stands for that one. There is a Suzuki Cup spot possibly to fight for, but motivation is very very difficult, especially when you're 13 points adrift. Like Kairul touched on, 13 points adrift of seventh place Balestier. Is there really any motivation? Having said that, when there's a numerical advantage, young lions can capitalize on it as they showed against Tanjong Pagar." So maybe there is hope if things go their way, not necessarily on the pitch. Maybe other factors may play a part, but I highly doubt that Haugang are going to lose to the young lions. I suspect Haugang, who themselves are in a bit of a wobble, yes, they'll be without Pedro, uh, who will be a big miss for them because he's been on fire in recent weeks. But I suspect Haugang have a bit too much. Shawal Anwar Sahil Suami loves scoring against the young lions, so I suspect Haugang will win this quite comfortably. I go three one to Haugang. All right, Cairo. What will your prediction be? Four one, Haugang. Four one. All right. Um. Yeah. I have to agree. Haugang definitely gonna win this one. They should win this one. Um. But I'm not gonna see them keeping a clean sheet here. So I'll go uh three one to Haugang as well. All right. And finally, our Sunday clash at our Tampines Hub, 5:30 p.m. kickoff between Geelong International and Balestier Kalsa. Captain Fadli Kamis will still be ruled out for Geelong, together with Umar Akbar, who will be serving the first of his two-match suspension with the straight rate that he picked up last weekend. But we'll welcome back Ahmad Shahir from suspension. Balestier, meanwhile, will be missing Shuhei Hoshino as he serves his one-game ban for his yellow card accumulation. Now, of course, we can't start this or go anywhere else with this clash than to ask about Nur Ali, manager of the month here. Carol, your thoughts? Yeah, so for Nur Ali, I, I think uh, the last round is where he will really be judged upon, right? I feel right. Uh, he has, of course, we say he go on as a eleven game uh, drought. And then after that, he went on a six games unbeaten uh, run. And then uh, now we see. I mean, in the game against Albinex, they were alright, no? last game. But at the same time, they didn't get maximum points again. So again, it is the same problem again for him, right? He has been able to let his team play some very good football, right? And in those games, they do not get maximum points. Right, so so we can say the first eleven games they were without Zayful, they were still finding their teams, they were still finding their, their uh, finding their feet, trying to get the best out of Zuzul, trying to get the best out of uh, the defensive, uh, the the offensive team, offensive group, offensive play, right? 
But then the next six games, they showed that, uh, I mean, uh, and, that's, and then they, they got it through the six games, but it still showed the same problems that they have over the years, right? So the next round, I feel, is really crucial for him, right? Uh, for him to show that, you no, know, it's really, it's really, because at the end of the day, he also got uh, the six games, the wins, right, at the third round, right? So the third round, I think, is a consolidation round. For everybody, you know, it was the most inconsistent round. All the the teams had very bad uh, goalkeeper performances, right? I was also very surprised. I mean, this is on a separate note, but I feel that what is wrong with our goalkeepers? You know, that's why we are conceding so many goals. You know, everyone except Hassan was doing well, right? So I think I know. I just it's a it's a shout out to all the goalkeeper coach, please, 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 let's improve our coaches, our goalkeepers and bring them back to a good level. Maybe people like Shazwan need to get back to a good level. People like Hyrule need to get back to a good level. Right? So let's put in more effort into coaching our goalkeepers. Right? But apart from that, I feel now the last round is where everybody starts to be a bit more serious. I'm sure that everyone will take points of everybody in the last round. So if, let's say, during this period, uh, if Gelang emerges, if Gelang emerges with a six-game unbeaten round, then I will take my hats off. And if I see No Ali, I'll just give you the handshake. You did a very good season. You did a good season this year. But at this stage, if I were to give him credit, I say you lost eleven games. What credit should I give you, right? Uh, and it's your six games, and you're still third from bottom, right? So I don't think I don't think. Uh, there's much credit to be given. But coming into this game, I think uh, both teams won this game. The both teams won these points. Right? Uh, I don't see I don't see it being a, uh, a big difference in this game. I think it's going to be a two-all draw. Uh, and uh, I think it's going to be an exciting game. It's a, a footballing game. Good footballing game. Yeah. Roshan, thoughts? I think Noah Ali deserves credit for the way he's turned things around. Yes, round three, the results may have been a bit of an anomaly. But I think having gone through that wobble of not winning in 11 games to turn things around and get the best out of the likes of Simei Zuzul to get Bezakor firing again, I think Noah Ali deserves massive credit for that. I think Deepen in the mid-season review said if Hasrin doesn't win coach of the year, he's not going to cover Singapore football. If I were Deepen, I'd be very worried because I think if Noah Ali can string a good set of results together in round four. He His name should be there for how he's turned things around for Geelang International. And I suspect they will continue to push in the right direction for the, the, the final round, right? Because I do think there's a feel-good factor around Geelang, which wasn't evident in the first two rounds. Now they are winning. They go up against a Ballester team who is missing their top scorer, Shuhei Hoshino. And I think that's going to help Geelang. They're playing at home and Geelang often have one of the most fervent supporters in the ultras, so that should help them as well. And I suspect Geelang will return to winning ways. Yes, the, they didn't get maximum three points against Albrex, but it's Albrex. I don't think they expected to go to the Jurongi Stadium to get three points. They will feel they lost two points, but I think they'll be happy with one point. Going up against a Ballester team who have troubles of their own, I suspect Geelang will win this. I just hope Sunday is a firecracker, so I suspect Geelang win this 4-2. Alright, okay. I'm... I, I'm... I'm with Cairo on the fact that this will be a good footballing game. Balestia will definitely come, di- come into this one confident over the last weekend's win uh, over Haugang, 6-1. Um, Geelang, meanwhile, great. I mean, they've... they've, they've, they've Norali was manager of the month for a reason. They've had a good run um, the last month. So they would definitely feel buoyed by that as well. They both have things to play for. But... I think at the end of the day, I feel like Geelang might have just a little bit more in them. And Balestia missing Shuei Hoshino will be a big miss for them. So I think Geelang will just edge this one slightly. So I'll go with 2-1 Geelang. All right. Now our predictions done and dusted. Now it's time for our very favourite captain speak. Rasha, how did last weekend pan out? I can't remember. To be honest, I can't remember. You clearly can. So why don't you uh, recap? I can't remember for the life of me. Who did you pick last weekend? Uh, it's okay. Shall we move on to this weekend? Because I want to get my pick out of the way yeah, nice okay. and early. No, we, we know the answer to that. Because <laughs> I can't remember mine as well. So I'm also going to forget about it. So Cairo, since we can't remember our predictions, I mean, our captain speak last weekend. How about you go first here? Mm. Who will stand out in game week 21? I, I, I mean, I've been speaking to Adam, but I, I, I don't know for sure also if he will play. 
this game, Adam Sondi. Uh, I also don't know Shadan will play or Harris will play. I, I'm just going against the, the 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 wave now. Even if Adam won't be playing, it's fine for me that I lose his captain's pick. But I hope that Cup Adam plays and he's my captain's pick because I think his two games, he got it in his pocket and I think this third one is going to be uh, if he plays in this in this in this coming game, I think he's going to be uh, another star performer. Right, very interesting. Roshan, your turn. Just not earlier you said it's probably going to be in the Elbrex Tampines game. So I changed my mind slightly. Oh, uh, wow, just a okay. quick quick shout out to uh, Cairo speak Adam Swandi. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think the past two games he's come into the team in Shadan's absence and absolutely bossed that midfield. He's so much tenacity to his play. I love watching him play. And I hope now, even with Shadan back, he can continue his level of performances because that's the Adam Swandi we know, right? The, the young kid who went to France and then came back and didn't really fulfill his complete potential just yet. So it'll be interesting to watch if he does. And, 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 and uh, after the game, I did speak to him and uh, he said, and I told him, yeah, you're, you're, you're doing well and stuff. And he said, yeah, yeah, I'm playing at six now. Well, then I said, no problem. We've seen an, uh, we've seen uh, Andres Pirlo play there. He was a 10 and he moved to six and he became a fantastic player for the country. So I said, uh, do your job. I mean, at the end of the day, you're as a six now, you're more efficient. You're smarter with the ball. You move the ball better now. So if it happens that you end off your career as a six, then be it, you know? Yeah. Why not? If he continues playing like that, it bodes well for the sailors as well as the Singapore national team. Coming back to my captain's pick, <laughs> I have changed my mind and I'm going to put my hat on Gabriel Quack. I think Gabriel Quack has been a player unleashed uh, since the departure of Kim Do-hoon and I, I suspect he did well. Uh, he, he scored two goals against uh, the Young Lions. He should have scored more, honestly, if not for some poor finishing and I hope he's been uh, practicing his finishing all week because I suspect the Tanjung Paga defence will be there for the taking. And judging by Farah's reaction, you can't pick the same player, so who are you picking? <laughs> <laughs> I regret this always. I want to do this like some telepathy thing, but Russia's probably going to run away with it again. So I'm not going to be a sore loser, even though after this, I'm going to give you so much shit, but it's fine. Anyway, since I can't pick Gabriel, which I wanted to pick initially, I'm going to go with Shimizuzu. I don't think I've picked him yet. Um, I think he's um, he's definitely been on, the, been on the score sheet a couple of few times in the past few games. So I don't see how there's any harm in picking him. So Shimizuzu did not disappoint me, sir. Good luck, Farah. Good luck, Cairo. Some interesting captain's pick. Now, listeners, we hope you enjoyed the episode as much as we have bringing it to you. Do continue to support the final whistle for all things Singapore Premier League and beyond. We hope to see you on the next episode. Till then, enjoy the football.